it's not easy to be the boss for 33 years. You, you guys must know that working. There's nobody to say, hey, you did that well. That was a good job. Good job. You got to find those for yourself and tell yourself. And then you're like, ah, move on. Do something more productive. Don't break your arm, you know, pat yourself <laughs> on the back, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's nice to hear. Welcome to the Attraction Pros Podcast, where we discuss the latest trends and challenges facing the attractions industry today. We chat with some of the top leaders in the field and provide resources that will help develop your career in this great industry. I am Josh Liebman. I am obsessed with the guest experience and helping attractions make that their top priority for success. And I'm Matt Heller. I am passionate about organizational effectiveness, leadership development, and employee engagement. Now sit upright, hold on tight, and get ready for the Attraction Pros Podcast. Hey, Josh, how are you? Hey, Matt, I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm fantastic. Yes. Yes. So glad yes. to hear that. Yeah. So I have a question for you. Okay. Let's say that you are going to some place that you've never been before. Okay. Okay. Brand new place. Never been there. How do you research things that you might like to see or do? Well, Matt, I think that's a really good question. <laughs> uh, I think, let's see, I've... I've now done some travel over the over the last several months. had a had a good busy travel in summer. I, you know, there there are some stats that say that uh, more than ninety percent of of travelers are heavily influenced by online reviews like TripAdvisor, Google reviews, Facebook reviews, things like that. Uh, there is asking friends and friends or family who either live there or who are uh, who have been there before for personal recommendations. I. Uh, and there is Googling, you know, what's the best thing to do in XYZ location? Uh, there is, uh, well, there, there are guide maps as well. And I think that is where you were probably steering this question. If, uh, if I knew anything from the interview, we're, uh, we're, about to, <laughs> we're about to publish with Chuck Ray. Yes, absolutely. Chuck Ray uh, runs CJ Publishers out of Florida and uh, really responsible for a lot of people being able to figure out things to do during their vacation uh, or when they have visitors in Florida. And one of the things that Chuck talks about is his guide map. He calls it map centric. And I thought that was a really interesting way to talk about it, because as I think about what I like to do when I'm going to a new place is I do that exact thing. Even if I don't have a, a printed map in front of me, I'll go to like Google Maps and I'll find like my hotel or where I'm going to be, the convention center. And then I'll just kind of zoom out and kind of see what's around. And I'll do some Googling and things like that. But the way Chuck talks about it is that, you know, it's important to know kind of what's around you geographically. So maybe there's something really close that you didn't know about that would be really, really cool. But just seeing, you know, the brochure or not being familiar with the area, you might not know just how close it is. So I thought that was a really interesting way to kind of talk through how he gets people uh, to go to places maybe that they've never been. Yeah, no, excellent points there. And, you know, especially if you're unfamiliar with the area, I, you, it's almost like you don't want to get too excited about something and then find out that it's much farther away from your hotel or from where you are, where your Airbnb, or maybe the friends or family that you're staying with, uh, than perhaps you thought of when you saw it. So really starting at, all right, the, the, you are here, what's my current location? And then branching out and saying, oh, this is close by, uh, can really help the, the decision process. And, uh, you know, the business model is so fascinating. I, the, the year right now of, of this recording is 2022, and everything we're talking about is about print advertising and uh, how impactful it is. And Chuck gives a lot of stats of, of uh, how millennials trust print even more than what they see online, and that you know print is very much not dead. Uh, it, it, may, it might be at some point in the future in our lifetimes, but uh, right now the ability to get the map into somebody's hands, particularly when they've arrived at a destination, whether it's at an airport or at the hotel or at the welcome center, I, it, it has an immense amount of value in helping people determine what attractions are they going to visit? What are they going to do while they're in town? I think a part of that is the way that Chuck... Um 
delineates what www stands for we think yes. of it as World Wide web but i'll let him share what he uh he calls that um but the fact is that if you're going to put something in print you have to have it researched right it, it, there, there's there's inherently a belief that there's more um fact checking and there's more vetting to the information that you're actually putting in print versus maybe that you're putting putting online and so i think when you when you see those reviews that are written by real people that's something you can probably put a little bit more stock into but as we know a restaurant an attraction a business a store they can kind of put anything out there that they want right and sometimes and we've even talked about this the expectation that's put out there doesn't match the real um, experience and that can be a real detriment. So, um, really interesting to hear Chuck talk about the fact that he's been in this business for 33, 34 years and the fact that paper and the print is still something that is very, very viable in this day and age when, you know, our, our first thought maybe is, well, everything should be on your phone. There's an app for it, you know, but, you know, he talks about screen fatigue and the fact that when people go on vacation, you know, maybe they don't want to look at a screen anymore. You know, so many of us, like right now, I'm looking at a screen to see you through Zoom. And when I go on vacation, maybe I'd like to just see a, a tree that isn't on a screen, or I want to feel the wind in my face or something like that. So I think getting people out there and experience things, experiencing things without a screen um, is a really valuable part of his business model. Well, you did just take a week-long vacation where we were not on a screen together at any point. So uh, so yes, that definitely <laughs> definitely proves that point that we were not recording podcasts while you were uh, you know, cruising the coast of Canada there. So I uh, yeah, phenomenal conversation with Chuck. We you know, we talk about how print is not dead. Uh, we talk about some marketing strategies in terms of coupons and promotions, uh, and also working with families. So his son CJ works alongside him as well. So we get to to hear about that dynamic and uh, and how that impacts Chuck's leadership style. So what do you say? Should we go ahead and jump right in? Let's fire up the presses and get to this interview with Chuck. Hey, Chuck, welcome to the Attraction Pros podcast. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. So glad to have you here. We have interacted a number of times at the Florida Attractions Association conferences. Still glad to have you on the podcast. Can you tell people a little bit about you and CJ Publishers? I guess I would say first father of seven, five girls and two boys. My family is probably the most important thing to me. CJ Publishers was started 34 years ago. We purchased the publications and then we were off to the races. As you know, Gordon Regelman, my brother from another mother was the very first hire of the company. And he and I and my brother at the time who was also working with us started the company um, and we grew fast. So. Uh, I guess you could consider us, I think, last count, we were the first or second largest visitor guide in the state, if you count total number of uh, publications printed and distributed and total markets that you're in. Um, so we've, we hustle and I, I guess the reason we're still here when a lot of them aren't is our DNA is distribution and getting our printed publications in the hands of visitors because that's what they're paying for. So that's uh, why we're still here, but we're in Southwest Florida, which is basically the Everglades to Cape Coral or in Sarasota Bradenton, which is essentially Sarasota and Manatee County. We're in Tampa Bay, Pinellas and Hillsborough County. And we're in the greater Orlando area, which is essentially Orange County and Osceola County, the whole, Orlando Kissimmee market. So we print uh, map centric guides that with advertising around them and we give them out at hotels and motels and accommodations and merchants and airports and car rentals and welcome centers and street racks in the street and anywhere we can get them into visitors hands so they see them and pick them up and and we have centered our focus and our company mission around helping visitors have a better vacation. And we're convinced after 33 years that giving them a geographically centered look at the market, which they really can't do on the little phone screen that they have, they get an idea of where they are, where things are, and how they can make best use of their time to really 
enjoy the market that they've come to visit, not just stay at the hotel, but get out and about. And they feel, if they feel safe getting there and back with some general orientation, then we think they're going to have a better vacation. We have no errors or ideas that they're using our map to get around. But I think a general idea of where they're going and what they can do around there, then obviously they turn it over to their phones to get them there, helps them to plan and enjoy their time better. So we uh, try to focus everything we do based around that. We're completely family oriented, so never any questionable advertising. Um, and uh, we've been around a long time, got a lot of distribution partnerships. We're in most of the, the airports and somewhere or another, some stronger than others, but it's, it's worked for us so far. We do have electronic or digital products um, we're in a major revamp of a, our website and creating a responsive website, mobile first. Um, we have a really good idea for that. It's uh, been interrupted greatly by COVID uh, and we're just restarting that. We also have a mobile directory, quick directory product. Um, we have started uh, measuring traffic and things like that off of QR codes in our guides, obviously getting them to the websites more because we drive traffic to websites is what we do. You, you know, 90% of the people, they're going to say, hey, I'm looking at this. Let's see if they're any good. Um, and they're going to go to the website to find out. So uh, I guess I kind of well went off on a soliloquy there, but uh, <laughs> You know, yes. What are we about? Um, we have we. One of the questions you wrote down for me to review um, is uh, where do we see the guides? Um, where did we see the guides? I think that's one of the questions. I I think ten years ago we were imagining that paper was not going to be any good anymore. But uh, it's when in fact um, those who measure it say they get more a lot more response measurable response when they're measuring coupons. I mean, it's kind of hard to do it otherwise. When they measure coupons, those that do say the bank for the buck is amazing on print. And uh, some of the studies I've read in the past five years uh, have, has said it's easier to share. It's like, wait a minute, honey, let me share this with you. Or here, look at page four. I mean, which is easier to share when you, what is other than a, a physical product in your hands? What else did they conclude? They concluded that people use a different media mix when they're visiting a strange place. They will not take the amount of time that they want, that they'll take at home. Uh, so researching where to go and what to do. They will, um, they, usually show up on vacation with screen fatigue. They don't want to spend a lot of time looking at their phone or looking at a bunch of screens. They came there to do things. So they want to get their information. They want to get out of the room and get going. So we really feel like that's probably what's continued to drive the print product. I also read one um, study that said there's some innate, well, first, the, the one that really sticks with me is and this one's about four years old, but it said millennials trust 17% of what they see on the internet and they trust 87% of what they see in print. Wow. Um, I did read a study a couple of years ago that said that um, the Z generation really loves tactile publications. So they like them. I don't know how much they're using them. I haven't seen any, any, um, studies on if they really pick it up when they're traveling. So I haven't seen that yet, but I know that they really like print. They really like books because they've spent their whole life on their screens. Also, um, what was I going to say? Oh, um, there, the, the study inferred or, or said that there's some subconscious thing going on that says, I picked up a visitor guide. This printed piece is specifically for me visiting this market. These people are in here talking to me. They are in something in print. They must be pretty good. I'm going to look them up first. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to their websites first. So we're definitely driving traffic to websites. And I think that's the role we play and still play in the marketplace. You know, we're introducing people 
giving them a map-centric look at it and driving traffic to people to make decisions, what they want to do, where they want to go. That's really interesting, Chuck. Thank you so much for uh, for sharing all that. I feel like there's there's a lot to unpack here. So we got a, a lot of ground to cover. I, I, but curious if you can... I, if we can look at this really from the lens of the guest, the traveler, the visitor, uh, you know, they're coming in, they stop at the motel or they land at the airport, whatever it is, they, they pick up the guide map. Can you walk us through really how you're able to look at, uh, look at it through the guest journey and the way that they interact with your product that leads from them coming across the map to them arriving at an attraction? Okay, well, we try to get it to them as early as possible and get it in their hands, which is why we really target the airports. We're pretty successful at that. So we get it in their hands and they've got, they got to wait for their bags. They got to drive to their hotel. And um, un, unlike more magazine type products, you know, we do, do have two downtown products, which are magazine type products, but our map is a single page open product. They tend to take it with them. And, and look at it. So you open it, they, they, we've got maps on various pages as you open up the 16-page the guide and they browse the ads and they respond to them. Um, I, you can tell where the locations are on the map. You know, I We've seen people and done some surveys um, uh, in, in a couple of markets, uh, getting them to pick it up now. In other words, how do you introduce the publication to them on your cover so that they pick it up? So we've worked on that. They want to know things to do, places to shop, places to eat. And if you can get that on the cover, they'll pick it up. So, uh, you know, I dare say we're getting more copies in people's hands than most anybody else I know of, knowing print quantities and and uh, you know, real penetration and getting copies into people's hands. So we're doing a good job getting them to pick it up. And our advertisers that that measure um, really know. We just heard from Moat last week, Moat Marine Laboratory, and they're like, "Oh yeah, um, you brought us five thousand and thirty-six people last year." So you know, that's a pretty hefty number. Um, nobody was close to us, and. Uh, I was surprised. I know we used to the the there's a um, a restaurant in town. Um, uh, in in fact, um, well, now in a minute, there's Anna Maria Oyster Bar. They've got like five locations. I know we were bringing them through four thousand people a year that they were measuring. So um, there's just a couple of examples that it's somehow perusing the maps looking at it in relation to a map is creating some response for them. So I, I don't know that I've really, we haven't done any focus groups and watch people open it up for the first time and stuff like that, which is I think what your question was. Um, but I think they open it up, they look at it, they know it's for free, it folds up small, they can take it with them and I think they do. Hmm. We have evidence that they do. Chuck, it was interesting when you were talking about the percentages of people who trust online versus in print, right? And you think about anybody can put anything online, but it takes effort and it takes, you know, some some time and, and energy to actually print something and put it out on the rack and, and that kind of thing. So um, that kind of makes sense. Um, and I think about someone who's, you know, my age, 52, I like seeing it, like you mentioned, that map-centric view where I can kind of see where I am, see what's around me, um, and that kind of helps plan my plan my day or plan my my experience. So I can definitely see why why you've kind of taken that approach. I think my question right now is from like the attraction or the restaurant point of view, and they see this product out there, they see this service that you're providing, and wondering how they can best leverage that. How do they best leverage? being in there so that they're the ones, they're the restaurant that somebody, you know, clicks on their um, QR code to go see them. Um, and maybe it's, it's about standing out in that, in the market of, of your guide, but I'm just curious how best they can leverage uh, being in a relationship with a, with a guide like yours. So putting it in the context of us or all publications, I would say if it's an all publication question, 
it, it's like a street that has a bunch of restaurants on it. I mean, I think that they all benefit from having other restaurants around them. And so, you know, pick a guide that has quality restaurants in it and be a part of that group. You have some nice creative that catches their attention. If you're really um, set on measuring your ROI, you're going to have to, you know, unfortunately, that's a response vehicle. Unless they're willing to create a special URL that they're going to print that captures all the traffic from mm. that website. And I mean something, you know, not with a forward slash after it because people generally don't go past the forward slash. So if they're going to do that, then they can measure how much traffic we're going to bring them because I would say 90% of the people that are going to respond or who are going to even before they redeem a coupon, they're going to go check them out on their websites. So we've got the QR code. Not everybody's going to do the QR code. Some of them, you still see them sitting there typing it, even though we have a QR code there. So um, a lot of people call. You'd be surprised. We've got a, a remote call forwarding response uh, uh, service. We have uh, Bradenton Beach Marina, who uh, actually manages his sales staff based upon the, because we give him a login and he can see the calls that come in every day. And we bring him hundreds of calls in, in season. We bring him hundreds of calls a month. So he's out there looking at how many bookings are happening and seeing how many, almost real time, how many calls he's getting. And he's managing that sales staff and actually deciding who's staying and who's going off of it. So there's some people that call. So there's various response vehicles. Um, you got to give them a phone number, you, you, you know, good creative be in in the group of of uh, restaurants that you are. We have smaller zone maps if we have the big market map, but we also have smaller zone maps for Fort Myers Beach. God bless them. San Bell Captiva, God bless them. But also Clearwater Beach and, and the others like that. So sometimes they're around there. They're around their uh, smaller area zoomed in map. So um, you, you, Pick a publication that really prints a quantity and really distributes the quantity for the whole period of time because there's a lot of players, you know, the, the, usually the smaller uh, publications that are one market, they're going to they're gonna print, they're going to distribute at the beginning of the six months, and then you can't find a copy for the middle three months, and then they start putting them out for the last two months when they're out selling for the next issue. So, you know, pick somebody who really has hundreds of locations. We have more locations than anybody in any market that we're in. We print a lot of maps. We measure how many we put out. We measure how many returns that we have and make sure you're, you're with a publication that really has uh, a readership and a sizable readership. That's, I guess, um, how do we get them? How do they get to stand out? You know, you want to hear me say buy bigger ad? I, I, <laughs> I, even some of some of our attractions that buy bigger ads than other publications stick with the smaller in our publication because they still get twice as many as they get in anything else. It's like, why should I spend more money? You still bring me twice as much as everybody else. And we have no answer for that. Um, somehow their location and their, and their, creative is capturing the eyes and the interest and they're getting a lot of redemptions. So what can I say? It's uh, some of it's a mystery. Marketing in a lot of ways is still a mystery, which is why everybody likes to be on the web and say they can measure everything, but you really can't still. So I don't know what the answer is, but um, <laughs> we keep printing maps and distributing the hell out of them and, um, it, it, you know, trying to get our advertisers to measure the response, which is one of our challenges to get them to really spend the administrative time, coordinate it through, um, you know, their POS, their point of sale. And, oh, here's a story for you. This is a good story. So that the Selby, Marie Selby Botanical Gardens. So we go in there when the, a, a new cadre took over some years ago and um, new marketing director in there. And she goes, you know, you used to be like number one with us. And now you've dropped off to nothing. And I, I, I was uh, Rebecca, who's our regional manager down there for now, like seven years. 
but it was like in her in her first year and i said well um i said that's impossible because i was in the call with her and she looked at me and rebecca looked at me and rebecca was like what <laughs> what are you doing i said we print more publications in more places than everybody that's not possible well it, in the next three months she went out their uh their ticket desk is out near the uh, parking lot and you, i don't know if you've been in reselby i imagine or or know the layout it's a botanical gardens and so she was checking with the gal there who'd been there for years and she goes out with her publication she goes do you get many of these coupons and she goes yeah that's all we get and she goes well that's strange because they're not appearing on the reports their numbers are dropped off she goes well come here and i'll show you why and so the point of sale system that they put in we were like seven screens down before they could push the button for our coupon and she goes when i have people standing out lying here in the sun i gotta get them into the gardens and get them into the shade i cannot scroll three screens down so i just use my miscellaneous and i saw my ticket and i get going and she's like oh so it's the strangest things getting them to measure it tracking down whether they're really measuring their return and trying to get them you know somehow to measure even on their websites in some ways so yeah um I have enough evidence that I'm, you know, staking my life on it, um, that we're going to do well and we're going to do better when we get our websites going and have a, a multimedia, a better multimedia offering. But we have enough evidence that print is still working. It's still working in an amazing way. And um, even if it's driving them to traffic and they make the decision from the website, but then, you know, we got to kind of turn over the reins there one way or another. Mm -hmm. um you mentioned um that <laughs> the web i i like to use the analogy that www stands for the world wide web but it also can stand for the wild wild west because how many of us have been to a place that we searched online and said man that looks great and we showed up there and we're like wait a minute wait a minute is this the right place yeah. <laughs> is this even the place that i looked at online so you yeah. know it can be strange so yeah like you said being in print there's some innate subconscious validation seeing it on paper you know sort of like a newspaper they vet the stories more before they print so yeah something like that i guess mm -hmm. i so that's really interesting particularly the, the story that you shared from marie selby gardens because one of the things that i was going to ask was about coupon strategy and then if you've got a coupon well that makes it pretty cut and dry that it's tra it's it's traceable that you're able to really measure it but not if it's seven screens down and they have to scroll so much that they just hit the miscellaneous. So, so obviously there's, there's a point of sale connection there that, uh, that that button needs to be more intuitive for that busy cashier who's redeeming these. Uh, but even pulling back as far as uh, it, maybe guidance that perhaps you share with your clients or even just coupon strategies in general to really help maximize the value of the ad. Because they're already, they're already paying to be, to be in the guide. And then you're really kind of paying again by, by discounting or offering some sort of incentive or coupon. Uh, so what types of recommendations do you make from, from, that, uh, from that standpoint in terms of uh, best coupon strategies? Well, I think most of the advertisers have, have looked it up Many who are kind of new at it don't. A dollar discount is usually better than, and I said usually, better than a percentage discount. People don't respond to 10% off that well, but they might respond to $2 off. If you got a $20 ticket, they're going to respond to $2 more than 10% off, as an example. A lot of times, um, restaurants will use an appetizer or a dessert or a drink. Now, these are add-ons that you try to get them to do anyways. So if you can get them started and pump, prime the pump a little bit, they might sell a few more attractions or appetizers or drinks along the way. So that, that's a successful strategy for them. Other than that, I, I mean, pe people get creative, um, but those would be the two things that, that I would say is... It, study other offers and pick something that stands out and and don't if you really want to measure a publication or a website's discount don't under, undercut them on your own website don't list a discount coupon offer for them that's more on your website than them because then you're not going to learn where your traffic came from they brought you the traffic 
you're getting the revenue because they introduced that visitor to you. And then you're taking away your ability to uh, measure um, wh where the traffic came from. So there, that's one more thing I would add on that is don't undercut the discount with a discount on your website that's more. Yeah. Chuck, one thing I'm curious about is when I lived in Florida, I always felt like it was, you know, a big playground, right? Because there's so many things to do. And there were days where I would just be like, I'm going to be a tourist in my own town, right? And go to an attraction or something, someplace I've never been. Um, and I think there's probably some people that live in those areas that you serve that that do that, but some may get, you know, a little jaded or, you know, a little, um, you know, um, like, well, I live here, I don't need to do those things. But for those people that want to get out, are there different strategies that you employ to get your guide in front of the locals versus the tourists? No. Um, well, our, our downtown products are a little bit of a different animal. Um, you know, lots of new businesses, lots, not, lots of new restaurants open up. So we, we have a lot of uh, distribution in more distribution in shops and on the streets and walking around downtown than otherwise. We, we do a, a home delivery of 10,000 every issue. So we pick some uh, higher profile neighborhoods and hang them on their doors. So we do with the discover guides, we do that. I, you know, don't forget that anywhere from 35 and sometimes some markets measure close to 50% of their visitors stay with family and friends. They never get to a hotel. They don't go to an Airbnb. They, they don't go to a campground. They stay with family and friends. So we find a lot that people are picking up 20, 30 guides or they'll clean out a stand if they're having a wedding or a family reunion or they'll call us. We, we get um, hundreds of calls a year asking for copies of our maps and we, we provide them to locals for weddings. In fact, Steve Hayes, um, one of his kids is getting married and he called and he said, hey, we want to stick your guides in uh, to our people who are coming from out of town. So we just delivered a, a couple hundred to, to Steve Hayes, our, our uh, the executive director of Business Safety Clearwater, um, longtime friend. So I don't know if he did that because he's a friend or if he's like the, uh, uh, literally 40 to 50 weddings a year here in, in Tampa Bay call us for copies. So People know about us because either they've come across us or they've seen us or and they're sharing them with family and friends. There's a, there's a, um, a little bit of a downside to that because when they pick up 20 copies, now they may be handing out one of last year's copies instead of this year's copies. So they don't have the newest advertiser mix. Sometimes they have an expired coupon. And so it, it, we're never going to be able to do anything about that. It's just we take that counsel to our advertisers and say, hey, you know, what's your policy on redeeming expired coupons? Because don't forget, and we know a sizable, I don't know how sizable number, probably if I was going to guess, I'd say maybe 10% of our copies are coming from family and friends. If you're talking about a market that maybe have 40% of their visitors are staying with family and friends. So, you know, we could have up to 10% of their redemptions because if a family or you know, it brings up another idea or, or something, you know, I don't want to share all of our secrets, but when a family member gives somebody a publication or says, here, I got this for you, there's a lot of credibility hmm. inferred there. And so they're more likely probably to use it. And even if it's just to make their, their host happy, um, to look around and then, you know, we're confident that we're good enough that, that they're going to like what they see. And, you know, maybe we get a few coupons redeemed from there, but yeah, there's uh, something to be said for for those uh, copies that are at homes that we know are at homes. <laughs> no, it's interesting to you know to look at it from that standpoint. The you know people who are visiting family and friends, staying with family and friends, they uh, the people they're staying with. Uh, they're the trusted source. You know what? What, do you, what are you gonna? What are you gonna do? You're gonna show me around. You know where, where are we? Where are you gonna take me? You know whatever it is. And that trusted source needs a trusted source, and that's where you come in. As far as hey, I've I've got it all right here. We can we can spread it out on the table. We can you know make our plan of attack for you know for while while you're here while you're in town. Uh, and the um, the wedding example you, you gave too, I, you know, is a great one. When uh, when my wife and I got married, we we basically did that, but we put together a. a I would say a 
grassroots, uh, you know, very much kind of guide map of, of the area. I was in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We said, go to this restaurant, this restaurant. So go, you know, to Muskegon, if you want to ride roller coasters, you know, whatever it is. Uh, so I, I can see, I can see that being really valuable for people who are, you know, coming, coming in from out of town, whether they're staying in the hotel uh, or whether they're uh, staying with family and friends. And did you give it to them by PDF or did you print it out? We printed them out and put them in their gift bag, and it was in all their hotel rooms when they when they got there. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Your instincts kicked in. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Bingo. Um, Bingo. Yeah. <laughs> just just proved proved all the points, all the stats that. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, there's something about it. You know, it's it's a mystery, but it's not dead yet. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Chuck, switching gears uh, just a little bit here too. Uh, you talked at the beginning of, of the importance of your family and, uh, you know, Matt and I, we've met CJ many times at, uh, you know, FAA conferences and, you know, cheers to a couple beers with him or uh, shared a bowl of cheesy poofs or, uh, or whatnot in, uh, in your hospitality suite. Uh, can you talk a little bit of the, the dynamic of uh, what it's like working with family? He's such a wonderful guy. How do you not love him? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And he's my son and I just, I'm in love with my son and I'm very proud of my son. And he's an upstanding young man raised by five girls. So if you want to know about women, you should talk to my son. He knows women more than 99% of us males walking around the face of the earth. Trust me, he does. Um, CJ worked for me out of high school uh, when he was 19 doing distribution learned a few lessons. He took us about it now that he's, our regional managers supervise or, or manage our distribution people because they, they know the markets better. I, I can't manage Sarasota. I can't manage Southwest Florida. I can't manage Orlando. The regional manager is over them. So he chuckles now about, yeah, I always used to not do this or that. And you told me to do this or that. Now I tell everybody to do that. So he, he laughs about the things that were frustrating to him that we used to try to get him to do in managing his time and distributing just, you know, little distribution tricks that we have along the way. Uh, then uh, he left, he's, he's a, a registered massage therapist, um, did a few things and then uh, expressed some interest about coming back and selling. And we met at least three times, cup hours each and really talked about things in our relationship and how we wanted our relationship to be first. And we resolved then to, to always be father and son, um, try to keep the dad and, you know, I don't say son and he doesn't say dad in the office, even though he does a lot. Um, everybody loves him as my son. So he, I guess he's comfortable saying dad around the office, but we are able to keep, keep it professional. You know, I'm not going to say he doesn't make mistakes and I make mistakes and I have to apologize and he makes mistakes and I have to apologize and I have to counsel him here and counsel him there. But we are able to keep our father-son relationship, father and son, and that's been special. And heck, we're in year seven. So um, it's a blessing. Um, I love having my son around at times. He's not supposed to be in here much. He's supposed to be out selling all the time. <laughs> And, um, and honestly, uh, there's something else special about him. And that was, uh, we had a, our regional manager for the welcome guide map here. CJ was in charge of downtown St. Pete, the discover downtown guide for St. Petersburg. And uh, our, our regional manager kind of had a breakdown. Um, we're not sure what happened to him. And I have some guesses that I, I don't want to sully anybody's reputation, but he, basically had a breakdown and was not able to finish a publication and CJ jumped in because he's in this market anyways and he had fun at it and he got around and so now for the first time in the history of the company we have a regional manager handling two publications so and that's my son so I'm proud of him uh, we're in the second uh, issue of him doing that and um, yeah it's it's uh taxing him a little bit, but you know, it's, he's really risen to the occasion. I'm proud of him. I love him. Who, who doesn't love CJ? He's, a, he's an amazing <laughs> young man. So um, I think you both pretty much agree with me there. So yeah, I'm, it's probably because he's so special, I guess. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. a special guy. 
Chuck, do you, this may be a kind of a weird question, but you know, based on what you just said about CJ and we agree with you, we love CJ. He's a great guy. Do you approach your leadership with him any differently than you do with other people? I know you said he makes mistakes. You have to coach him. You have to counsel him, but you've also got the father son relationship. I'm just curious if, if there's a, maybe a different approach there that you have to take. That's a great question. And I have thought about this off and on, but not too deeply. And if I'm going to bring it together to try to give you an answer, I would say I've probably learned how to lead others in being more careful in leading him. I, I think it, my, my family's a little bit bombastic. <laughs> um, you know, loud voices and argument and, you know, the family grew up in and, um, and lots of uh, uh, love and forgiveness after the fact. So lots of families aren't like that. So I, I, in, 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 in observing other families, I think a lot of times there's a tendency to be harder or more loose with your lips around family members than non-family members. And so I have been, and I grew up in the military leadership kind of environment. So I, I, don't, I think I've had to learn how to lead in these 33 years, but I think I've learned how to be more conscious of feelings in what I've said with CJ. And I think that's helped me a bit with others. So, and I've tried to make sure I don't cross a line in um, being harder on him because he's my son than, than others. So I've been more conscious of that. It's, since you asked the question, I do believe it's a valid question. I, I am careful with him. And he's a great communicator. So he'll, he'll tell me when it's like, you know, hey, are you angry about this? And we'll, it, we, we just finish it in a sentence or two if he feels like I've, I've been a little too harsh or forgetting something or whatever. So we're, we communicate well on that level, I think. And he knows my, he knows when to stop. So, you know, so he has that innate. So maybe he's a little bit more comfortable with me to, to not push me too far either. Because uh, you can, you know, some employees will push you too far because they're an employee and you can't go too far. So I, I guess we both work on that. And it's, it's, I just have nothing but warm feelings about it, honestly. Mm -hmm. uh, working with my son, I have nothing but warm feelings from him and towards him. So it's, and he's complimenting a few times, which is nice uh, around my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> that it, you know, he knows how much I deal with, and he and he admires that. So it, those have helped me too. It's not easy to be the boss for thirty three years. You you guys must know that working. There's nobody to say, "Hey, you did that well. That was a good job. Good job." You got to find those for yourself and tell yourself, and then you're like, "Ah, move on. Do something more productive. Don't break your arm. You know, pat yourself <laughs> on the back, right?" Yeah. <laughs> so you know, it's it's nice to hear. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I guess that's the best way I could answer that. Yeah. So Chuck, we still have a, a few minutes left here, but one of the things that I'd love if we can touch on just because of the timing of this interview and uh, you know, at, at this time right now, uh, Hurricane Ian is still very much uh, top of mind uh, and, and just the uh, devastation is just uh, completely uh, I don't know, unreal, unprecedented. Uh, and, you know, you mentioned earlier about Southwest Florida being, uh, you know, one, one of your big markets, Fort Myers, Cape Coral, Sanibel Island, Captiva, just that, that whole area. I curious, I, I, I guess what, what the last several days, the last, uh, you know, week or so at, you know, at, at this time right now have, have been for you and what you've been able to either uh, to, to support or what you've been able to do really to, uh, help play a role in, in just hurricane relief to, to the businesses, to your clients and the destinations that have been impacted by it. Yeah, and you wrote this down, so I thought about it a little bit. So, um, uh, 40% of our 
we'll mark it in Southwest Florida is probably after the count for the next year to two. It's going to be tough. We are not going to be able to distribute as many maps down there as, as we've been able to. Just as if we're going to, we can talk about it in context, out of context. Um, in the context of us, what do we do? We're going to work with our advertisers down there. Some of them are open. Some of them are going to be open sooner than others. And we're going to continue to do the best we can the way we always have, but we're not going to print as many. So everybody's going to pay less. That's what we have to do. I mean, that's the only thing you can do. You, you know, uh, you guys don't know this, but we have an action plan for hurricanes. We've got, we have several hundred street racks around the state on the street, you know, they got 65 pounds of stone in them. Some of them are attached to a, a 24 by 24 concrete pad, depending upon the regulations in various counties or cities. So we got to go out and we tie those all up. We get the publications out of them. We pick some of them up, up and get them out of there. We lay some of them down, depending on where they are. We work with vendors, excuse me, merchants, put some of them inside. We, we're with all the Lee County um, on all the Lee County parks, some of them go into the restrooms in the hard, hard shell restrooms. We have two of them on Sandbell Causeway at both of the restrooms going out, coming back. They're in the women's room. That's where they had us put them. So uh, we have a big action plan that we got to put those out there. So we put them out there. We're responsible for uh, to the cities and the counties and in a way, <laughs> our advertisers depend upon us to have those racks outside. So being responsible so that we don't get asked to get our rack out of there afterwards because it's floating away or or went somewhere, went through somebody's window is something that we do. But we have an action plan and we've got to do it soon enough so that they can go out there and do that and still get home and take care of their families. So um, that's something that we do that, that takes a lot to tell you the truth. Um, so we'll get out there and put them back up. We're going to try to keep bringing them visitors as long as we can. What are we going to do to help them? I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm uh, making a couple contributions to we're, we're FRLA here and also uh, uh, a couple, we're, we're sending down some uh, supplies to a couple different venues down we're participating with that, you know, like the rest of the, of, of the community, but um, we're going to try to be as best we can for them, for the visitors that do come. It's funny. I just brought somebody to the uh, Bucks game the other day and he um, owns uh, four units in a condo on Siesta Key. And he had people that were, no, Anna Maria, it's in Anna Maria. And, um, he was just telling me people that were going to go down and stay on Fort Myers Beach actually booked with him through Airbnb to stay down there. And he's like, oh, you have those? I'd like to get those and I'm going to put them in my Airbnbs. So um, we're just going to keep trying to get the, our their ad in front of as many people as possible so that when they're recovering, we bring them as much business as we can. And it's what we always do. But um, I'm not sure, you know, we're, honestly, we're not all the way back from COVID. We're not back to our 2019 levels, that the truth be told. Um, it's, you know, Orlando is still not healthy all the way. They're not. Um, I mean, a, a lot of the indoor facilities, museums and stuff like that, they're not back to their 2019 numbers. There's still some fear of indoor crowds that's affecting our indoor museums and and art galleries and things like that so everybody's not healthy yet and um we're doing our best to partner with everybody as long as we can and and still bring in business and you know it it's it, you just partner with your advertisers i mean we've been doing this long enough we love our advertisers uh, we work hard for them and we don't know another way to be other than to bring as much business as we can and and work with them in any way that we can on yeah. right obviously yeah 
Yeah. I think one of the, the, the big messages around any kind of, you know, natural disaster or whatever is letting people know that they're open, right? The places that are open, whether it's a beach or a restaurant or an attraction, you know, if people think that they're closed, then they're not going to go. And now they've got a, 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 an empty facility, right? So I think getting the, the guide out there is a, is a great way to do that. Um, I have a kind of a, a quick question though, that's maybe a little off that beaten path a little bit. And it's about when you travel and let's say you go outside of the state of Florida, are you looking for the, the guide map? Like what is it that helps you figure out where to go? Yeah, that's probably not a fair question on that <laughs> level of asking because it's my business. So I'm picking up just because it's my business. Yeah. But I definitely use guides when I go out. I, I, I when I travel, I definitely when I come visit Chicago, I'm picking up guides and I'm looking at them. I'm looking for things that I didn't know were there and that, that I might want to do and where they are. I do without a doubt. Yeah. So I pick them up for professional purposes, <laughs> you know, and I'm looking in wrecks here and I'm looking at just like my family's used to it. <laughs> Sometimes the kids will pick one up ahead of your dad. I saved at the time we can keep walking as a group. Cause obviously when I travel with my family, which I love to do more than anything, you know, there's nine of us walking around and now more than nine because we got significant others. So um, yeah, <laughs> it's, just it's in my dna what can i say yeah excellent uh chuck this has been uh, just such a, a fascinating conversation uh, as we start to wind this down here if people want to learn more about cj publishers if, or if they want to get a hold of you directly where would you send them okay we do have cjpublishers.com which talks about it's very light brochure where cjpublishers.com uh we have the welcome guide map.com and we have discoveredantown.com so um our number is 727-521-6277, and that's MAPS at the end. So 1-888-352-6277 or 1-888-FLA-MAPS is uh, also our number that we did a long time ago. So um, we're, this office exists to support our regional managers and our advertisers and the, our departments here and the accounting staff is here. And obviously we have our distribution uh, out of the, our building here. So uh, we're in, in Pinellas Park, Florida, close to the interstate. So we can get to the beaches, we can get across the state. We can go south, we can go north, we can do whatever we need to do. <laughs> so um, uh, we made this business to do what we do and we're working hard to keep going and, and advancing in everything that we do electronically on the web and and otherwise to support our advertisers as long as we can so excellent our deal excellent well thank you chuck so much for your time today and i would imagine anybody that wants to get in touch with you in person if they just go to the florida attractions association conference you're pretty much a fixture there so uh they can they can connect with you there as well so i'm og for sure uh <laughs> chuck ray at cjpublishers.com there you go at cjpublishers.com. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Chuck, again, thank you so much for your, for your time today. And for everybody out there who's watching and listening, just remember, we are all Attraction Pros. Thanks for listening to the Attraction Pros podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you can tune in when new episodes release. And even better, please leave us a review on iTunes. For more information, visit attractionpros.com.